this show is not brought to you by Red Bull. But it should be. Because Red I'm Red Bull drinking... and Celsius. Right, Celsius. Yeah. I will never drink a Celsius. I will never drink a Monster. Too much like Four loco for you? I don't know. I'm just like, I only like the taste of Red Bull. Okay, fair. Like, it's so metallic. And kind of bubblegummy. It's not fruity. It's actually kind of jackfruity, I was going to say. I've never had jackfruit. It tastes like juicy fruit. The chewing uh, gum. Oh, but you oh, don't like chewing gum. Well, I've had juicy fruit as a kid. It tastes like that. I don't know, but that's not even fruity. Again, like, that's a very specific taste that tastes like no fruit. Like an alien fruit. Yes. Yeah. Like and somewhere so between, like... So, like, if like... you consider Red Bull fruity or juicy fruit fruity, like, mm. then okay. But I wouldn't. By the way, mommy. By the way, mommy. <laughs> Welcome was... to our new segment. <laughs> Well, because I, I was going to say, you know, we talked about it last week. I like, I think the algorithm is on to me that I was using its flaws of showing just like the most ridiculous clickbait for the segment Big If True. But, like, I think so it, now it's sending you. It's just showing me actual news and like more research papers and oh. like actual valid news sources, which like I'm not upset about. Right. But then I was thinking like, well, what do we fill the time with that we normally would have devoted to just like the nonsense we saw served to us by the algorithm? And I thought about it. The new segment should be called. By the by way, way, mommy. mommy. Um, this. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> on this. On. On this episode's By the Way, Mommy. That's, like, where we tell each other, like, random fucking shit. By the way, Mommy, the other day. And, like, also, I don't know if you guys realize we're referencing the episode of the pod where uh, my mommy was on the pod as our guest. If you didn't listen to that one, go back to season one. We did design a t-shirt of that, by the way. No, we didn't. But we will. No, we did. It exists. But it does. It's not out. We haven't released it. I'm saying it's designed. There will be a By the Way, Mommy If there's interest. A hundred percent. Yeah. Brett has been roasting me. Ever since he just always, Brett is such a, a a king at quoting me to me seconds after I speak. I just I stay and in I, troll mode. I, I can't help love it. it. Like I wish everyone did that to me. Like I want someone to be paying so much attention to me that they can be roasting me live. It's not even you know? roasting. It's like if I'm if I'm like commenting something back like verbatim or better if I'm like trying to mimic you to like sound like how you said. Yeah, yeah. Like whoever. <laughs> you You're is just, like anybody if like, i'm doing I, that to you I, that's because like i do follow so closely with how people are speaking that yeah. like i'm like are you aware of how fucking funny that was the thing you just said it's like and the what like what exactly because it's more like a what made you choose to say that like that that was fucking hilarious well so then i'm compelled to literally just like say it back to you it's like the autistic quality of echo lalia echolalia a bit of like having to like repeat things you hear yeah but also i was saying to emily the other day i was like she, she was like i didn't realize how important it is for me to be with someone who's funny mm. and i said i didn't realize how important it was for me to be with someone who realizes how funny i am <laughs> <laughs> it's the i see you no exactly yes. like and like if you don't realize how funny i am and you're not like basically mimicking me to me like every 10 seconds and we're probably and not very close. You're not you're not paying attention yeah. and you're not very smart. And, Period. and I just really appreciate it. There, also, there would be like moments in high school where my friend Michelle, mm-hmm. like it's just like where she pod. Yeah, a fellow Capricorn, yes. not me, but you. Mega. She will like I will become so myself in a sense mm-hmm. with no pretense and no like sort of like being cool. Like Freedom. I'm just, just like, fully like mm-hmm. speaking as I do and not and not trying to be funny. Yeah. And it's, like, in my earnestness that, like, you and her really lull. 
and I'm call like, me. I'm like, there you <laughs> are. Like, exactly, exactly. There like, you everybody, are. Everybody, even close friends, like as you go about your day, everybody's projecting whatever version of yourself like, that you want to be. Yeah, that you like. You know, in that moment, right. but like in those. I want to look moments, smart. I'm I want to like, sound cool. I want to sound chill. I but see right, you. it's like Sauron when Frodo finally puts the ring on. I yeah. see. Like when you just let your guard down and you very that, and you just speak, and then and then Brett or Michelle like just fucking repeat what i say to me like seconds later it's too good it's it's like in a way i feel like i'm your sort of like day-to-day biographer in that way where i'm like putting it down for the record like forever it's also the way once it's in here it'll just keep coming back i love it yeah by the way mommy by the way and that's one of those Mm -hmm. and we didn't even get to my by the way mommy but i will say i do the same thing to my brother and my brother does the same thing to like everything like he very much repeats television and he actually is echo lolling echo lolling but i am obsessed with everything my brother says because it's like oh my god God, you're being so earnest and yeah. your delivery is so fucking is hilarious. funny. Yeah. Anyways, on today's episode of By the Way, Mommy, yeah. I went to a clown show. Oh, yeah. How was that? Wait, and there's a reason there's that a I was going to bring scene. this up. I mean, oh. clowning is having a moment in general, but in the L.A. scene, it's like, it, so you know cool. what? It almost feels like, like, to join a clowning group, I hear, is very difficult. And it kind of reminds me, like, there's cool ones that, like, people want to be in. There's ones that are, like, like fine. UCB. Yeah, like, it feels like kind of how you would hear people talk about, like, UCB and the Groundlings and, like, that kind These of scene. These improv scenes. Yeah, big time. These elite Because it is improv. MLM. Like, Counting is like <laughs> ultimate improving. Totally. It's like experimental comedy, really, yeah. which I really respect. It's like just breaking all the rules and just not needing to make sense, but also like striving for a sense to come out of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Anyway. How was it? It was so good. But it, so it was called Burning Clown. And they were like, oh, 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 okay. in the same way that improv shows will sort of have like a host or, or comedy shows will have a host who kind of like does these intermediary segments that just introduce the next person. Yeah. And it's they like might be somewhat play. thematic. Yeah. It's so like in a midsummer night night's dream they're just coming out to talk to you again for a second while we change your costumes and then and now exactly but what uh so but the theme of this host hosted clown show was burning clown and it was like making fun of burning man right and so when you got there the two hosts were like wearing these like nude body suits and like covered in mud and giving everyone like paper and markers to create their own like playa art with they were like plastered everywhere and but what also they had and this is coming back to the original thing we were talking about they also had fruit like stuffed into their body suits okay and specifically they had bananas okay which as we know already a no already a no i'm sitting front fucking row oh red flag number two okay and my heart is pounding like i'm just here to enjoy a clown show and i'm not expecting it to turn into a full blown like blue man group where right. like they're fucking splattering like i would never go to a blue man group show because i've heard they fucking throw bananas is that for real i heard that no yeah <laughs> that's so not a sound front row. so i'm front row and like i can't move like there's no other seats really and i'm just like sitting there and i'm like please don't please don't like open the banana like just please don't but like these right. people are so unpredictable they're clowns like there is no script they could make you open the banana this girl's like holding the bananas up in the air Straight Stressful. Squeezing them. Stressful. I'm just like, if that squirts onto me, I I will literally throw up. Yeah. I saw a meme the other day that was kind of like, uh, God, I am not one of your strongest soldiers. And if you don't stop testing me, I'm going to see you real soon. <laughs> literally, I am not one of God's That's strongest soldiers. That's you in that soldiers. moment. No, truly. Like, I was like having. stop testing me. I've had enough. Like, like you know, the woman on, uh, what was it? It's not Dr. Phil. Maybe it's like Maury. Um, you are not the father. One of those. But that it's show. more like the episode where it's 
it, the woman is like afraid of pickles. Oh, he used to do that a lot. Yeah, and they people. would bring out a huge mm-hmm. or olives and bring out a huge jar, huge jar of olives, or like and a just massive actual boa constrictor, crazy. Or like whatever. Yeah, like that actually is me with bananas. Like if you bring out, I can't even say it without literally gagging. If you brought out, dig deep, like more than oh no one. <laughs> unpeeled banana uh-huh. and you brought it near me and like said this is gonna touch you i would be in such a state of like absolute meltdown like true i i don't know what would happen like i think i might become catatonic like i oh, think wow. i might need to be hospitalized oh, like wow. like it is so visceral in my body that i cannot be touched by an unpeeled banana Whoa. or like I, don't, I can't even nervous smell system it overload hijack so i'm at this fu- yeah exactly so i'm at this show trying to enjoy the clown show mm. and within minute one they're holding up bananas threatening to like do something with them and they no. unpeel it and they throw it no. into my row no. one seat over from me and it's just sitting on the floor now near my feet taunting me this naked you. banana uh-huh. <gasps> and they have and then and so then every time they come back out they have more fruits oh. and like and oh and then the fine in the finale strawberries in the finale the girl like pretends to like give birth and she pulls literally 50 bananas out of her nude bodysuit oh and were they i no, but they had the potential to be. You know, the more that like I stayed, the the higher the risk became that more would be peeled. What could you see the bananas before? Well, she where would come was, out. Where were you hiding fifty bananas in she, a body? It was they they weren't hidden, but like oh, they okay. weren't in there in the beginning. You that know makes what I mean? Me like, st- like they must have stuffed them in mm-hmm. between like acts. Got it. But yeah, so I, the second I realized the show was over, before anyone stood up from their seats, I got the fuck I out of there. Go. I re- like I really was like I could feel my anxiety creeping up and up Ugh, my throat, like yeah. you know, to the top I hate that. where I'm like actually I can't breathe. Like your heart's in your throat. It was so it's crazy, hard to swallow. and I'm just like yeah. I know I, mentally I know like it's just banana. Yeah, it's not gonna hurt me. But physically, but God, why does it have to be there? So that's my by the way, mommy yeah. <laughs> for the week. But also. My other, by the way, mommy, there's two orders of business that I need to talk about. Okay. One. I feel like I'm in trouble. No. Okay. Well, no. Oh, no. You're not. Okay. Number one is I was told by a trusted listener of our podcast. Allegedly. That we need to come up with a name for our listeners. Oh, like, yeah. Like, in the way that. I heard about this, too. Yeah. You did? Yeah. I agree. So I have some ideas. I, okay. Let's hear them. And we're open to ideas. Please send us ideas. Oh, my God. It's um, the ultimate, like group shot tag yourselves where should people send their ideas go to shopradarpeak.com mm-hmm. go to contact yep. submit it right there and you can submit it right there tell us tell us your ideas for what you should be called here are my two ideas okay. and i want to know what you think let me know if you have any okay so it's called we could call them just simply like sofans okay <laughs> like if you're a listener you're, you're a sofan it kind of sounds right but then i was like okay but that's, that's sort of so confusing fun. that's so fun yeah how um like like, greetings, fellow sofans. Right. You know, we're all just flying around here and scratching each other's retinas. Yeah. Or then I was thinking, okay, we're, this show is Radar Peak. Mm-hmm. What about Peekaboos? Hey! <laughs> Brett's face is not into it. I heard that one. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's why I need to enlist the help of our actual listeners. Yeah. So let us know. Because your ideas are better than mine. Certainly better than mine. No. But- I'm saying yours are oh. better than mine. Oh. So we've got yours. Are and they? Now, what are yours? I don't even remember them at this point. I've got them on a note somewhere. Radar Peak. 
like we could be called. We could do something like something really losery, like greetings, Astro Buffs. Yeah, <laughs> or like something. What's like quantum physics related shit? Like the quarks. Yeah, quarks. Like our little quarks. Newtonians. Yeah, our little Oppenheim fermions. Fermions. I don't know something. It'll come to us. I like. I just like to spitball. It'll come to us either from a universal download or from a listener to our inbox email submitted by a listener. By the way, mommy. Yeah. NASA had a great day today. Did they? Yeah. Uh, they so about seven years ago they sent this probe into space, and ultimately what it was doing was going to this asteroid called Bennu, B E N N U, and going to study it, take a sample, bring that sample back to Earth. So we've got orbital mechanics of launching from a celestial body, so leaving the Earth. Okay. Bye. Landing on another moving celestial object. Hello. Happy to have you. Conducting like mechanical scientific experiments, like drilling and taking samples, that kind of thing. And then launching again from that moving object and going back to the original moving object. So like a lot of engineering in place. The return capsule touched down in the Utah desert today. Okay. It brought back like about a cup's worth of material, like around eight ounces. It's all semen. (laughs) Could you believe? Is this enough? Big if true. But it brought back a bunch of samples, like tiny little sort of like dust and pebbles and like that kind of thing from the asteroid. And basically, scientists are kind of responding to it like kids on Christmas because like it's the equivalent of rather a better way to say it. We haven't received a sample from a source, not Earth, like that we get from geology since the Apollo missions going to the moon in this quantity. So like basically they're getting material that's going to allow them the same level of discovery about the origins of life in our universe and maybe also the formation of our planet from this sample that's coming back. So it's kind of the first time that science on this astronomical front is going to get to do sort of like this kind of hard science again since the Apollo mission. So there's going to be more, I guess, that comes, you know, from it ultimately as they process the sample. But that was a fun thing. Happy for them. Mm -hmm. Go NASA. Yeah, go NASA. Figure it out. Will you? What's going on? Are they here? Are they not? I want to know because I thought about that again last night. Have you seen the new movie, No One Will Save You? No. Oh, my. Haven't even heard of it. God. Okay. Well, it's a movie that's 20th Century Productions. Well, formerly Fox, but now I guess they're just called like 20th Century Entertainment or something. Right. The one that goes, dun, 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 yeah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one. Keep that. <laughs> yes, that one. Um, but so they produced it, but it's from Hulu. Hulu is Hulu is the Hulu, studio. Hulu, 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 Hulu. Weird, 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 weird. Wait, what was weird, weird, weird again? It was the ear. Pinching your ear and just saying weird over and over and over so it looks like your ear is speaking. Weird, 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 weird. weird. I forget why I started doing that. I think it's I think I saw it on something, like maybe a Broad City episode or something. For sure, you didn't make that up. No, no, no. Like, it's too weird for that to have just, like, come to me naturally. I wish you made it up. Weird, 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 weird. 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 I'm going to steal it. Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. So anyway, Hulu. it's on Hulu. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of, it's about aliens. It's about UAP. Uh, but it's a thriller slash horror movie. I heard, by the way, Invasion sucks. From who? 
from another podcast. With how many listeners? A lot. In how many countries? A lot. I want to see the numbers. You know the podcast I listen to. I'm sure. But yeah, they were, they were just saying, well, they were saying the problem with invasion is that the invasion never happens. And it's just like they keep promising it and then they keep shut like the spaceships get shot down. I will agree with them to that point because basically the way that it's structured is like episode or not episode season one is basically like the world coming to terms with the fact that right. like the world is no longer their own. Right. And then season two, what's happening right now is basically like they're coming. The point that they're in now is basically like the world has had like yes a win, but it's kind of like winning the battle, not the war kind of thing. Right. So like they disabled this Some massive mega like spaceship. alien ship or whatever, yeah. but then like there's obviously more of them that are like also bigger you know so like it's not really clear what's happening in the story like without giving too many spoilers i'll just say like ultimately it seems like the planet is being changed Mm. by them for some purpose that's still unknown and so that like that's kind of the slow burn they're in right now and it seems like they're almost giving it to us like in sort of like downloads in totality about like a single aspect of something so like the whole first season is all about like they're here and we have to survive this season is all about like finding a new normal and also like learning about where we fit in because the planet is different interesting it's kind of like how they go about it okay. like it is a slow burn and I'll, I'll like concede the point like it is a slow burn but anyways you were talking about a different thing. i think it's great but no one will save you i don't want to be spoiling the plot or anything yeah so i won't get into too many specifics because you should see it it's an amazing movie but should i add it to my letterbox right now i would do it this moment go on but essentially it's sort of like i'll say this if you can't beat them join them wow and that is saying nothing (laughs) but watch it i will say also the only other thing that kind of like got on my nerves that it's not on letterbox oh wow i mean it is like relatively new ish still no one will save you what did i say no one will save you yeah that's what i said right Maybe I said can the second time. Okay. I don't know. I forget. Adding it to my Anyway, no one will save you on Hulu. 10 out of 10 recommends. Okay. It was just fun. Like they got sort of like into the horror aspect, like the parts that are kind of like making your blood pressure rise, like from anxiety. They got to that relatively quickly, which I appreciated. And it's not a long movie. It's like an hour and a half, something like that. Okay. I can I can sit through an hour and a half yeah. of narrative content. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't watch movies. You know what I mean? Like I, I did yeah, it. Yeah, right. By the way, Molly. By the way, Mommy. Also, I just want to let everyone know that we, well, I, conducted an I Ching reading. Oh, right. For one of our Trisolarian listeners on Patreon. Yeah, by the way, did you guys know, if you subscribe to our Patreon, to the Trisolarian level, Allie and I are both practicing in what's the like i didn't want to say practitioners because like i don't have a practice divination we are trained to divinate divine through the iching so if you join us at the trisolarian level you are entitled to an iching reading from hallie or me that's right take your fucking pick and we won't take it personally. Consult the coins. Or it's uh, depending on who's available. <laughs> In this case, it was I. Or the reads. And yeah, I did a reading for a lovely listener of ours. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Um, She asked two questions. Ooh. One. Oh, and she let you share them. That's nice. Well, I'm not going to go into detail. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> I was like, wow. It's confidential. But one it was just really cool. It was, it was really cool because the I Ching is always right. Truly. And that was like mathematically yeah 
it's just, I mean, I think we must have talked about it before, but you know, if you were to freeze this very moment, it could only be one way. Mm-hmm. It would be the way it is. Doesn't it almost and feel that's, like that's what throwing coins is and yielding a hexagram. That's literally freezing now and saying, okay, right now is it's the observer effect. It's it's quantum. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like distilling something that is in many right. states down to a single state because you are in some way measuring it. In this case, it's you are actually the observer. Like, it's Schrodinger's I'm not going to go into the observer totally. effect. I don't mean but that, it's like know, also, you know yeah, what you know it's my Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. It's like either the cat is dead or it isn't. But in this case, the cat is one of 64 possible hexagrams. Mm-hmm. And when you throw the coins, you move from a state of potentiality into a state of, you know, existence. So yeah. you're, you're looking inside the box yeah. and it's like, OK, right now we're number 51, you know, which is there's 64 different oracles, different hexagrams in the I Ching with then like 4000 permutations because of the changing lines. Anyway, so, you know, I had her bring three coins of the same value. We consecrated them. I had her, you know, run them through earth and air and fire and water Mm -hmm. we said a prayer on them you know because i do think it is important to just like humble ourselves Mm -hmm. and you know connect with the divine with with the Tao. i'm not even saying like with a being but just like with the overall energy of the universe and then we wrote down formulated the first question she wanted to ask she wrote it down i told her to like you know really hold it in her mind and her heart as she spoke it aloud and then through the coins because i really do believe writing things down is like a medium Oh, it's why like I, literal it's why I keep like literally a journal and I write word for word what I'm thinking, even when I'm like consulting just for myself, just because I'm like, that's the ultimate, like, you know, if arriving at a hexagram is like your ultimate answer, writing down how you get to the hexagram is just the ultimate archive of that moment, I feel like. Well, and also like think about the word medium. Like when you ask someone like an artist, like what medium do you mm-hmm. use, right? Paint or like if you're a writer, like the medium is the pen. Yeah. But also when you think about a supernatural medium, it's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. It's a... It to me, those are one and the same. Writing is a supernatural medium. Yeah. So you write down your question and you're essentially sending your question to the universe. Abracadabra. Which means in Arabic, as I say, so it is, or something like that. I wasn't gonna quote it, but yeah, but something like that. To the effect. Uh, so anyway, and then I was just like, it was, the, the oracles were so spot on. Oh, they never like, miss. They never miss. When I and consult like, for myself, so I usually get creeped out because I'm like, it lit, like, knock, knock twice if you're in the room with me. Now, you know, like that blow out the candle if you're here with me. Things and, like, because if it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, oh, wow. And like, I get like nervous sometimes. I'm like, I mean, I hope it works. Like, I hope people, like, I hope this person really sees like, 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 you know, come on, I Ching, like, don't make me look like a fool. Yeah. But then it's like, no, the I Ching never makes you look like a fool because the I Ching always works. Yeah. It's, it's like self-proving, it, mathematically self-proving. And it really helps you find guidance. And it was just so fucking spot on. And I felt guided by her oracles. I was just like, wow, this is sick. That's amazing. Um. So anyway, if you want an I Ching reading by Brett or I, become a Trisolarian patron Yeah. on the Patreon at patreon.com slash RadarP. You went a little Brettatron. Yeah, there I did. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, that's about it for me and my by the way, mommies. Yeah, pretty much me too. Should we take a quantum leap into the world of the, what is the name of the second book? 
The Dark Forest. The Dark Forest. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Death's End, but that's the third. No, that's the next one. And I will say I'm constantly scrolling past. That was um, crazy also. I'm so excited. But I keep scrolling past on my like Reddit main feed. Oh, yeah. Like three body problem spoilers. But they're always it. hidden and labeled spoilers, so I never read them. Yeah, the community is very nice about that. I like, thank God. Yeah. And sometimes like it's a good thing I also have terrible memory. Because like mm. there'll be moments where I'm like, wait, I don't know what that is yet. And luckily I don't remember a single one. See, I don't. And I also have a compulsion. So, like, if I see a word that I don't know what it is, I can't not know what it is. Like, I can't not know a word and then not know what it means or how to use it. So, like, I'm going to go learn about it. But then I'm going to spoil the thing that it's related to. So, like, you know, that's my dysfunction. So, it's good that I've read these already. That is good. Is what I mean. I wonder if we could get sponsored by Red Bull. I feel like Red Bull sponsors everybody. I mean. We're kind of a Red Bull kind of brand. We kind of are, actually. Like, we kind of do extreme sports, but podcasting. At a microphone. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Well, anyways, let's get on with it. Okay, loves it. You're listening to Radar Peak, a three-body podcast reviewing our way through the three-body problem and discussing its real-life parallels. I'm Allie. I'm Brett, and this week, oh, this week has everything. Musical numbers, top-secret missions, Luoji in a basement, Luoji in a PJ, the men in black... And Allie tries her hand at fanfic. Anyway. Energy unit reporting. All systems go. Cutting unit reporting. All systems go. Amplifier unit reporting. All systems go. Interference monitor unit reporting. Within acceptable range. Begin transmission. Okay, Allie, it's been a little while. I mean, a week, but do you remember the last time we were hanging out with our new hashtag main character energy, Luo G? Remember, he's the guy who, like, for all, like, intents and purposes, replaced Wang Miao from the first book? Okay, Okay. so Luo G. What was he doing last time we saw him? He was the playboy. He was in the hotel. Yes, and then his his girlfriend died? Yeah, right. So, wild. That was the last time we saw him. Damn, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. How you been? Well, now, wherever he is. All he knows is he's essentially locked in a basement. What's good, player? <laughs> but no, not any basement. Not like Joe Biden's basement full of national security documents. Oh. Our boy Luo G. Like a, like a Silence of the Lambs basement? He is deep underground. Okay, Like so 10 levels below ground. Okay, a little deeper than like Silence of the Lambs. Bunker level. Yeah. So all he knows is he's being held. He's not entirely sure where. But to him, the room is kind of giving like dilapidated prisoner of war holding cell okay. kind of thing. Like really kind of scary. Super old. Like not really used for anything anymore. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? And then Buffalo Bill comes over wearing a full flesh suit and says, do you think I'm sick? Would you fuck me? I mean, <laughs> kind of. someone does come to the door. But, but it's a, it's somebody of like vague authority. Okay. And I they say, Doctor Luo, I've been sent here to keep you company while you get adjusted. And I'm like, what do you mean adjusted to? Is this my life now? What are you talking about? And he's like, Are you a cop? I don't really talk to cops. Fuck twelve. Like he's like, no, I, no, I'm not telling you anything. Is it a chiropractor doing an adjustment? No, the guy laughs. He's like, no, not anymore. I used to be a cop though. It's a pleasure to meet you. Oh shit. I'm Shu Chang. Oh, I knew it. 
It's Dasha. The one. The, the only. big she. He's back. In typical fashion, Dasha, first thing he does after a handshake, he takes out a cigarette he and goes, he lights it up. You must be the new Wang Meow. I mean, we basically. We dropped him after the first book. Wouldn't he, that be funny if it was like meta? I wish it were so self-referential. I would <laughs> die. Are you kidding me? Oh, by the way, this is like a total tangent, but do you know those TikToks where like people are like pretending to be chiropractors and they like like take like a plastic skeleton or like a piece of wood and, they and go, like snap it in half and they're just like, all right, this is just gonna reset you right there. Oh. It's just like they literally like, snap back like a full plank of wood. It's I really so fucking. Funny. I want to go to that hot chiropractor in Orange County. Oh, is that a TikTok? Yeah, he uh-huh. like actually cracks people into like straight lines. No, they come in looking like weeble Squiggly. weeble wobbles and they walk out Wait, looking like go. people. No. Honestly. It feels good. It looks like it must. Let's go on a chiropractic excursion. That's for the Patreon. Yeah, that okay. is for the Patreon. Okay. So anyway. anyway, Dasha takes out a cigarette, gives one to Luoji, and turns on this ventilation fan. Like, maybe he's trying to cover up the conversation or something. I don't know. They By the start... way, I like how we both said anyway at the same time, and I think we should make a habit of that. I like that. Right? We just both go, anyway. anyway mm-hmm. The two of them start to have a conversation, and Dasha is like, now, what should I ask you? Luoji's yeah. like, what the fuck? He was like, ask, here. ask me. Like, you can't possibly suspect me for being like the reason that that woman died oh shit he's like am i being held because you think i'm responsible in that woman's murder like is that what's happening like i couldn't have possibly planned or pulled off the fact that those two cars got into an accident and then she got hit by another car trying to avoid the accident like you can't seriously think that i was behind that i love how there's no explanation once again of how he got here no that's what like literally all the woji knows is he's in a place that is like not familiar very deep underground Or, or like was he taken was he like what's it called chloroformed and like thrown into the back of a van okay will we find out we don't know yet okay go on so after saying all of that like obviously like death spiraling dasha raises a hand and he's like um i didn't say that you just said all of that oh shit Doth protest too much. All I said was, I was here to keep you company while you adjust. And to think I was worried that we wouldn't have anything to talk about. Ah. Come sit. Like, Ah. stop freaking out. But rather than sit down, Luoji, who's, like, still in his, like, anxiety death spiral, gets up in Dasha's face. And at this point, he was like, I wasn't even involved with her for that long. She was only my girlfriend for a week. I didn't even remember her name. Like, what about me knowing her for that short of a time span led you to think that I could have been in some way, like, involved in the fact that she just died in this freak traffic accident? Right. And Dasha's like buddy 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 take a seat all right cowboy wait you didn't know her name you dirty dog seriously you didn't know her name like you're a lot like this other genius that i know so that's the only reference to like wong meow that we're gonna get like like, you're a lot like this other guy i okay so there is just used to work with but not even named they like it's wow. like the writer what did that Wang like. What Meow do to Cixin Liu? You know. Well, I mean, it's like the right, or it's like the actor or whatever that rebels against the show. Writers right. or creators just who cut, get just like axed right for out. the next season. No explanation. They just all forget they ever existed. It's like Samantha in Sex and the City. A hundred percent. Though she had that comeback. She had that comeback scene. I know, and I never even got to that episode because I couldn't handle the reboot. Garbage. It was so boring. Garbage. But I heard it got better. I just didn't wait long enough to find out. Yeah, no. Maybe on the plane tomorrow. It's like, if you've caught lightning in a bottle, just celebrate that you caught lightning in a bottle. I guess. Don't try and engineer the weather to create a new storm. You know what I mean? I love that. Anyway. anyway. Dasha's like, 
you didn't remember her name? Like, seriously? You're a lot like this other genius that I used to know. He was like, you're such a playboy. You probably find a different woman to be with every time you turn around. Now like, is that how it goes? That I used to know. Basically. But then Luo is like, is is that a crime? Yeah, seriously. I'm sorry. Like, that I have so much riz. Is that a... I didn't know that was illegal, <laughs> yeah. officer. Really? Sorry. Former officer. <laughs> Dasha's like, no, I'm just literally keeping you company and having conversation. I'm just jealous. I like, like the idea that Luo G is like a fuckboy who like wears a lot of Supreme. And far too much cologne. Yeah. Like, he smells like Hollister. Get, right? Like, like sorry, Abercrombie. Is it, is, it a, is it a crime to be a player? Yeah. Like, don't hate the player. I love that. Hate the game. Goes. <whistles> what is do 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 What's that Snoop Dogg song? You're almost there. <laughs> you do it. I feel like you're a good whistler. That's it. Put your hands in the air if you're a player. Yeah. That one. That one. All right. Cut it's that. not the right key. <laughs> I got stage fright. Anyway. anyway. Luoji's like, Dasha, can we just talk about like what happened please like do you really think that I killed her because he's fully freaking out now thinking that like he's being held in some maybe like special forces like interrogation Guantanamo cell like who right, knows right. he's probably thinking like oh fuck maybe she was important like oh right. no what have I done have right. I started some kind of a war like who knows so he's like pleading with Dasha right and he's like Dasha do you really think that I killed this woman and Dasha's like buddy you're doing my work for me like you're just bringing up literally the thing that I'm here to talk to you about right. he's like did you really just mean to soft launch your confession to me like that like you're obviously new to being interrogated but like you're just obviously talking about like what you think we assume about you right Ooh, 101 totally. kid don't do that right and then they kind of have this awkward Maybe silence you call a lawyer no honestly they kind of have this <laughs> awkward silence where they're both kind of just like sitting on their hands like so and then dasha out of nowhere, burst out into this massive belly laugh. Luo, my buddy, my boy, my old chap, didn't you know? I've been involved in 16 cases that ended in the death sentence. Did you know that I was responsible for nine of those convictions personally? Okay. And he's got this like evil grin on his face and I'm like, this guy's a sick freak. Like one second he's like, calm down, calm down, you're freaking out. And then the next he's like, I'm gonna <laughs> kill you. Right. Luo's like, well, you're not gonna get the death penalty conviction on me. Would you be so kind as to call my lawyer, old oh, chap? About Just time. like throwing it back to him. Dasha's like, ah, my boy, I love decisiveness. My boy. Right away. And in the meantime, you better rest up before we get going. And Lord, she's like, get going? What the fuck? We're not staying here? Yeah. I mean, great, but where are we going? Just then a knock at the door. Some other man of vague authority doesn't introduce himself, walks in, drops a suitcase on the ground, and says to Dasha, Captain Shu, it's been moved up. We're leaving now. <gasps> All right. And then we cut to Zhang Beihai. Okay. Who you may remember, Brett. <laughs> told you I have terrible memory. Tell me if I'm right. He's in the PLA, but I forget his rank and like his specific job. He is a political commissar. He's a commissar. Okay. His dad's in the hospital. He's 
maybe he's in the space force. He's maybe like not not close to his father, but not close to him. Like his dad's in the hospital and his response was like, he's about to die, but I'm only going to go see him when I like have to. Correct. Yeah. Him. Exactly. Are we back with him now? How is he And Luo Ji, who you were just talking about, mm-hmm. he's the one that Ye Wenji talked to in the prologue, right? Yeah, she gave him the idea for what his work wound up being called cosmic sociology, right. which is the sociology of aliens. But meanwhile, he's locked in some weird he's hole. Ten floors underground. Now we're with Zhang Beihai, okay. who is a political commissar in yes. the PLA Navy. He's on the newly formed Space Force. Fun. And he is visiting his father in the hospital. So as RuPaul says... The time has come. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to to lip sync for your life. <laughs> but that's on like oh no. Legacy That's on All Stars. Imagine that Zhang Beihai's dad did lip sync for his life. I'm so sorry to our editor for that, by the way. And then and then the Grim Reaper has to decide essentially whether or not right, it's good enough. Right, right, right. Well, he is on death's door, the final stage. Mm-hmm. And Shang Hai comes down and he kneels down next to his father and the sunlight is streaming in through the window and okay. casting his father's face aglow, even though his father is pale and dying. Mm. And He should dehydrate. He should dehydrate, but we're on planet Earth. Yeah. We can't do that yet. Or maybe ever. I don't know. I haven't read the rest of the book. But he, you know, kneels down to talk to his dad. And what you what you should know, I guess, because the author included it, <laughs> is that... Are you dragging me? Are you about to drag me? No. Oh, okay. I Are thought... you the author of the book? No, I'm saying because I edit out stuff that I'm like, that's not important. That's not important. No, no. Trust me. I edit out 70% oh, okay. of the chapter. I was like, oh, but no. I'm just I like... Just cut something that was very important no no okay. not at all but just something that it's just detail um i don't know why i feel like i'm in trouble this episode you're not in trouble babe because last episode probably because stuff fought. kept coming up well because we fought last time <laughs> i forgive you by the way good <laughs> <laughs> no we're closer because we fought it's true it's, it means that like we're getting we're really getting on the same wavelength like, yeah. we, we fight like siblings now yeah. i'm glad that like i can be triggered and also lash out at you yeah you know yeah. why should i have to hold it in no, that's I'm not friendship for both yeah yeah totally let's make sure that if we're gonna be assholes it's that we are assholes other. to each other yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. right mm-hmm. Um, LA has made me a bigger asshole, I will say. It's the driving. It's the road rage. It is the driving. I'm like, what are you doing? No, literally. <laughs> I become I become unfit to participate in public society. I mean, is co-recording a podcast not driving in LA? It's like, Brett, what are Basically. you doing? Basically. You're merging that part of the chapter? With... That's what I thought was about to be happening. But no, no, no. I, I'm all here for consolidation okay, and, and elision, as it's called. Right. I'm so sorry for this tangent train wreck that I just caused. Anyway. anyway. Jing Hai, the thing that I... <laughs> <laughs> Fred is dying. I love that. I love that so much. The anyway? Yeah. It's so good. It gets, it gets me. It like acknowledges I'm, that we're always on a tangent. Even if none of you think that that's funny, I'm like, it gets me. Like, my my face and my stomach hurts from laughing, like, silently right now. So I don't blow out this microphone. Um, and anyway. <laughs> so 
What I'm trying to tell you is that there's no reason for you to know the following detail. Got it. Okay. Zhang Baihai and his father mostly communicate through silence and not through words. Mm. Their relationship is really characterized as one in which their silences speak louder than their words. Okay. And, you know, their silences are long and, and full of meaning and are merely punctuated by like a little bit of word. Expressive eyes. They have very expressive eyes, I guess. The book says, silence made Zhang Beihai the man he was today, which mm. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, maybe just a point of fact. Yeah. I mean, One plus one heavy. equals two. But yeah. So he gets down on one knee and he says, daddy. What do you think he says? I mean. Daddy. I'll miss you. Uh, you really think he's going to get all emotional with no, his I don't th- silent I'm, I'm, father? Well, I'm like, if he's saying daddy, if he's saying anything, I'm like, that's kind of... He doesn't say daddy. Oh, okay. I said daddy. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a lucky man. He says that? Is that that song lyric? What a man, what a man, <laughs> what a man, what a mighty good, I believe. Good man. I don't know how anything goes. Anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> This whole episode is just a string of... I'm so sorry to our editor for this episode. He's going to kill us. (laughs) (laughs) So he says to his dad, Daddy, he says, Mm -hmm. I'm joining the Space Force. Well, no, he says, I've joined the Space Force. Yeah, I was like, isn't he like lying a little bit? Why? If he is going to. No, he's in it. Yeah, got it. He's like, Dad, I joined the Space Force. And he starts telling his dad kind of just through his eyes. Well, maybe he says some of this, but he's basically just like, it's just as it's just as you thought, like space warfare will be just like naval warfare. And like clearly he and his dad really connected on like hypothesizing about the future of warfare, which mm-hmm. I guess that's how men connect, you sure. know, yeah. through fun. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I sure do love to do that in my free time. Yeehaw, let's plan how we'll win us a war one day or another. Well, it's like the whole Roman Empire thing that's been trending, right? About how often do do you as a man... Do you want to know when is the most, like, actually, how long it's been since I've thought about the Roman Empire? Yeah. Like, total? Yeah. Probably the most recent time was being made aware that I guess like men think about this. A lot of straight men think about it a lot. Yeah, straight men really do. All my. So that's the most recent time that I thought about the Roman Empire. And I wasn't even thinking about the Roman Empire. I was thinking about men who think about the Roman Empire. Right. And then the last time I thought about it was actually the last time I was in Rome walking an aqueduct. So that I feel like is appropriate. So funny. I wish I had made the point first because I've been knowing this for so long and that so men true. think about the Roman Empire all the time. And I feel like I have to know about the Roman there's Empire. there's so many videos about it. I'm like, literally, everybody's exhibiting like the same behavior, it feels like. Yeah. It's weird. The simulation's getting creepy. So the Roman Empire, I feel like, is just one step away from like talking about future spatial, yeah. outer spatial warfare. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, that's what they always used to talk about. And he's like, Dad, it's just like, what we talked about it's gonna be just like what you think and like i'm, I'm working on the space force as a small freaking oh, committee of like he's like i want you to be proud people. of me yeah exactly so that's sad it's heartbreaking and his dad says very good and to that zhang Beihai says what should i do and then there's this whole like neurotic monologue describing the internal thoughts that, there's a lot of those in this book yeah, oh great 
Uh, <laughs> Neuroses, the musical. <laughs> no, that's the name of it. Yeah. Describing the like all of his sort of internal thoughts, right? Like everything he's thinking and kind of communicating through just his silence. Oh, got it. Yeah. And so he's like, there's this long silence between him being like, what should I do? And then like his father replying. And before his father replies, like part of the internal monologue is like, you know what? There it is. I said it. I know you didn't want me to ask for like guidance or help. Like, I know you just want me to be strong, but like, there it is. I don't know what you want me to do next. And like, I, I know you don't even want me to ask you this, but maybe, maybe I'm just actually not like the son that you always wanted me to be. Aww, but you know sad. what? There, I said it. Now just like, tell me, just tell me what it is I should do. What Aww. do I do next? Like, you know, you're going to die. Sad. But he just says, what should I do? And in his silence is all of that neurosis. Sad. Very. So male. And his dad says, think some more. It's like, damn, okay. Really reassuring words from my dad on his deathbed. He's like, I don't know. I'm out. Some more. Who are you? Okay, you just want me to think about, think think some more? Yeah. And then Jing Beihai, like, he, it's not, you know, he's not, it's not enough. Like, he's like, okay. And then what? You know, he's not relenting. He's like, please just tell me what, sh- what should I do? Like after I've thought. And then his dad says, all I can say is to think long and hard first. Ooh. And it's like, whoa, Ooh. what are you like? What are you not saying? Yeah. Cause you think about it. If his dad, if like something his dad did on the regular was sort of like theorize potential, like in space, military outcomes like, of outcome, warfare. Yeah. Like if he's sort of like that chess master in a way where he's like seen or like Dr. Strange, right? Or whatever, like play like, the tape forward. So many eventualities for his son to be confirming to him. Like it's going to be exactly like we talked about. He's like, Oh, oh. No, I've seen this, you know, where he's like, like, he's like figure it think out. about this. We do this all the time. I'm think not going to tell it. you. I don't have the time probably or the energy to tell you. Yeah. All and that's that's it. As Zhang Beihai leaves, he puts his hat on that has that logo of the Space Force on it, which I love. I yeah. love this cap motif. Yeah. And the last thing he thinks to his dad, because he doesn't say it, but he thinks it to him. Uh, and he says, you know, all right, like, this is my good fortune. I may not bring you glory, but I will give you rest. And I guess that's just him, like, basically leaving his dad to die. Making his peace. Yeah. Man, that's sad. Yeah. He feels like a failure. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. After, it's so sad. He feels like a failure. Back with our prisoner, Luoji, or our detainee, actually, because he hasn't officially been, like, arrested or anything yet. He's just, like, not a free person luoji and dasha and whoever this guy is who just came into the room to drop off this suitcase he's like mr luo please change into this and you know it's like luo's thinking like any second he's gonna be basically like denied a trial and like carted to well essentially okay no carted off to sing sing like denied a trial and carted off to death row basically like immediately is like his biggest fear but to his surprise it's not a prison uniform gotta sing sing Go on. What is that? That's from the producers at the very end oh, when he ends up in yes, jail. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god. And he does the musical Iconic. in jail. Gotta sing, sing. Iconic. Such a good show. Jesus. Okay. So Luo G puts on the jacket from the suitcase from this mystery man of authority who okay. just came into the room. Dasha like, and the other guy. <laughs> well, I mean. It fits like it was picked for him. But Dasha and the other guy change into similar jackets that are dressed in different colors. So now I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? What is this United Colors of Benetton? And Luo's like, 
looking at it. He's feeling the fabric. It's like really thick, almost like workman's material. Carhartt. And Dasha's like, just put it on, kid. It's comfortable and it breathes and it's way better than the other stuff we used to it's wear. It's gotten on. <laughs> But then the other guy who brought the suitcase is like, bulletproof. You forgot to say that it's bulletproof. At oh. which point, Luo is like, whoa, 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 guys, Where guys. You, you think someone wants to kill me? Like, what the fuck? Like, who would even want to do that? Oh, Jessica? Jamie? <laughs> Erica. Fuck, what if it's Julia? Like, he's just going through, yeah. like, he's actually spiraling here. I love that. The three of them Monica? leave Luoji. I mean, a little bit of Monica in my life. I was- <laughs> All I need. A little bit of Jessica will kill you. So the three of them leave Luoji's holding You guys cell. know Mambo number five is about a Kevlar vest. <laughs> is it about a what? Kevlar vest. Lou Vega notoriously shot by Jessica. Learned the lesson. From Monica. To always wear <laughs> bulletproof Kevlar. Mambo number five is actually a euphemism for a bulletproof vest. No, Mambo number five, it was a Glock five. That oh! Was fire. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, God. One, two, and he's counting the bullet. He counts, yeah. I love that song. Earworm. It's one of the greatest songs about getting shot after Strawberry Sugar by Harry Styles. Watermelon sugar. Oh, see, <laughs> I should be. I'm not going to include any of that. That's too derailed. No, we're already it. at an hour. Just let it roll. Just okay. let it ride. Some episodes are going to be looser, and some episodes are going to be tired. We have plenty of shit that you will delete, but not this. Okay. Anyway, anyway. it's called anyway. <laughs> so let's hear it. Okay, so the three of you them... like need to occupy my hands so I don't distract. <laughs> Okay, so the three of them leave Luoji's holding cell, and they walk down this extremely long hallway back to the elevator that Luoji's like, oh, this is clearly where I came from. In their morning jackets. On their walk down this hallway to the elevator, Luoji notices the remnants of this slogan painted on one of the walls. And, like, the place is so old and decrepit, a majority of the paint is peeled away, but there's enough letters and enough words still there, he's able to piece it together, and he asks the group, he's like, civil air defense? Which, if you didn't know, I didn't. There's not a footnote about it, so I looked into it just a little bit. According to Su Xiang Chan, Minister of Defense in 1978 in uh-huh. China, uh-huh. by establishing the civil air defense, or also sometimes called the people's air defense, of course, China set out to fortify their military. And according to Su, he said, it is necessary to build our country's people's air defense system into, quote, an underground great wall for oh. people to live in, engage in oh. production, defend themselves, launch offensives, oh. and carry out tunnel warfare and street fighting all at the same time. What? We should build our strategic rear into a powerful, solid base capable not only of supporting protracted war, but of fighting the war independently. I'll build a strategic rear. So, <laughs> so to Luoji's... Are we at civil air defense? Question. Dush is like, we are at civil air defense, but it's not a regular one. This location focused on defense against the atom bomb back in the day. You used to have to be pretty important to get the invite to this place. So it's like literal, like nuclear weapons, like situation room and silo and like launch platform. Like it's the whole thing that's just like, I guess at this point. One stop shop for all your nuclear needs. Yeah, but like it was part of a program that was set up to like literally build China's underground Great Wall, but just by so fortifying. Well, I mean, in in 
in this. So like the factoid about in 1978, how it was stated that like it's our position that we should build this underground Great Wall to like live in, conduct business, conduct our warfare, like all in of the that event stuff. We need to in the event that like we need to retreat move, underground, right. which like I don't know if you're a fan of anime or if you've seen Neon Genesis Evangelion, like all of the major cities of the planet by that point in that storyline are underground also. One of my favorite songs is called Fazon, F-A-Z-O-N, by by uh, by Sop with Camel, uh-huh. and they like only really maybe I talked about this before, but I don't know. They only released like one album in like 1968, and the songs it goes, "Who's gonna live in all those cities underground?" Ooh. And it's so good. And it's like, if they move there, will they ever come out? of the ground and it's all about like these entire cities of people living underground and like you know maybe one day if you're like lucky and you're really good you'll get to see the sun and it's just like i don't know it really strikes an image for me and it's giving that kind of reminds me of that show silo never saw the apple tv plus show it's kind of like the visuals that i'm that i'm getting like we're very underground and like decrepit as fuck kind of like yeah area you know like decommissioned government yeah everyone's like really pale Mm -hmm. mole people Basically. Yeah. So Dasha's like, yeah, we are at civil air defense, but like this is like the mega upgraded one because this one only dealt with nuclear weapons and nuclear warfare. So by this point, they reach the elevator and with the help of a people's armed police officer <laughs> operating the buttons, I was like, so cute. It made me think of like the New York elevator guys, you know, they're all yeah. like unionized. So, oh yeah. They begin to rise toward the surface and the elevator ride feels like lifetimes are passing by Luoji and then suddenly their movement stops and he it's like, God, like, I heard we were 10 floors down, but, like, this feels like we just went, like, actual whole skyscrapers. Like, where the fuck are we now? The door is open, and our crew exits to the first subfloor, and that's floor number negative one, if you need that visual. Got it. Subfloor equals floor negative one. First floor below the Luoji realizes that a group is standing outside these elevator doors. Luoji now realizes that this group of himself, Dasha, and this other unnamed suitcase guy we'll call him are standing in a massive hall we're talking like saint peter's basilica like massive interior structure kind of situation but we're one floor underground got it like a train station like grand central he says it kind of reminds him of a parking garage okay got it but the brand at americana mama this room is not the whole space is super dimly lit there's like one tiny light hanging like a naked bulb on a on a wire like in the back corner and there's tons of people and they're all backlit in silhouettes and as luigi looks and sort of like is peering through like all this like fog and what smells like pollution there's like lines and lines of cars and they're all idling filling the room with smoke. Oh, God. Beside all of the vehicles are armed, uniformed silhouettes of soldiers all walking around the cars, screaming into their walkie-talkies over the noise of the collective engine noise. The fuck? Some of them hacking up lungs because they're breathing in, you know, like the dangerous exhaust. And Luoji is like, what the fuck kind of spycraft is this? Like, what is happening that these people have to be standing inside a closed garage of running vehicles? Yeah talking over their walkies. Yeah. I'm wearing bulletproof clothing. Yeah. Like, what the 
fuck is going on here like on this day? Diesel, uh-huh. Dasha leads Luoji to one of the cars and makes him get in. Once inside, he realizes that he's in some kind of fortified vehicle that's kind of like the Beast. Do you know about the Beast? No. It's the limousine that the President of the United States rides around in. Got it. Extremely thick bulletproof glass, a reinforced right. body, bulletproof tires that can reinflate if they go flat. Oh, wow. Luoji is like really starting to freak out internally because he's like, what could possibly be happening involving me that requires this level of security? Right. Like, I can't, it's such a big unknown unknown and it's giving me like existential dread in right. this moment which like i see you king same outside the car door luoji hears dashu and the other guy talking over whatever the details of what's about to happen sir we've been over the route all systems are go dashu's like what the fuck the route's too complicated we've only made a couple of successful runs through it and i'm not confident and luoji's just like what's going on still he's just eavesdropping from inside the car got it dashu's like it's too big a margin of error like and as for the guard positions we set up along the way those are all useless unless we're thinking like the enemy are they breaking him out of here i'm like that's what it kind of seems like yeah dush is like where are they hiding where would they hide if they knew that we knew where they were hiding anyway what's the plan for handoff weird sir they didn't say Dasha's like, we need a handoff plan. He's like, I'm fine to own this kid until we get there. But afterwards, I have to have assurances that once the handoff happens, that means he'll be in just as safe of hands then as he is right now. Do we have a handoff plan? <clears throat> Sir, they didn't say. Ay, ay, ay. Dasha is like, Zhang, and this is the first time we get this guy's name. Yeah, I was and about like, to just say, I'm so glad this guy has no name. This character isn't named on the cast list page of the book. So, like, so far, this is the only mention of his name. He's not in the dramatist persona. He's not important. We're just calling him Zhang because we've let him go in a speaking role without a name for this long. Sag actually stepped in and we had to give him a character <laughs> name. So Dasha is like, Zhang, I know you're probably feeling forgotten ever since Chang Weixi got promoted, but fuck those guys. Have some self-respect. You exist whether or not they act like they remember you or not. Remember, it's because of us that they were able to find that meeting place at that chemical factory. It's because of us that they made the advancements they did against the ETO that they were able to. Don't forget that. Like this other guy got this huge promotion. Like Cheng Weixi, correct me if I'm wrong, is now in the Space Force. Yes. So it's like this guy, Zheng, Z-H-E-N-G, this guy Zheng was potentially passed over for this promotion that Cheng Weixi got. Got it. And he's like, kind of thinking like, well, everybody they used to work with got this great new job. They think they're so much better than I am. They're so busy. They don't have time for me. I guess I'm worthless, basically. And Dasha's like, it's because of the work that we all did together that they were even able to take down the ETO in the way that they were. Like, True. Don't forget that. Don't forget Commander Chang Wei-C. Which, yeah, like, so nice. But then, then. <laughs> Dasha goes into one of his little diatribes about how morality isn't what it used to be and like how everything now like, is oh, just like so murky You're and like so MAGA. how everyone's <laughs> trying to like put their bad luck onto you so you gotta focus and you gotta stay aware i mean i kind of agree with him because king basically said guard your energy right and i respect that but the young guy zheng is like mm, cool but like shouldn't you be worrying about your illness your doctor has you scheduled for hibernation. Like, why isn't that happening right now? You seem really worried about this plan that we're about to carry out, but, like, you're not even supposed to be awake. And Dasha's like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. I just got a lot going on with my family right now. Work's obviously busy, plus I'm worried about all of you here. I can't go yet. And Zhang's like, 
Dashi, your teeth were bleeding again this morning. Oh. You can't afford to worry about all of us. He's not well. Off toward the end of the hall, the cars begin pulling out information. Dashia hops in the car with Luoji and then closes the curtains over the windows. The whole time Dashia's radio is beeping in and out with coded message from the caravan back and forth. After a little bit of a ride, Luoji is like, beep, 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 beep. So, yeah, Dashia, like you said, I'm starting to see things are way more complicated than they first appeared. I thought I had this all figured out. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Dasha's like, yeah, no shit. Everything is complicated right now. Have you not been paying attention? You've been too worried that we thought you killed somebody? Yeah, for real. Small. Small. And then the two didn't speak for the remainder of the drive. After about an hour, They're just comfortable I mean, honestly, it's like I love to have nice like Uber and Lyft drivers, but like we don't we don't have to do that. Maybe no. Let me just let me just listen to my my Spotify. <laughs> Spotify. What? Sad. What? I'm an Apple girly. Oh yeah, we're different. Yeah. <laughs> we're different. So then they have this kind of little like awkward silence of Dasha being like, yeah, no shit. Have you not been paying attention? Everything's fucking complicated with this kind of like sarcastic smile on his face. The two of them don't speak for the remainder of the drive. So it's been about an hour at this point. Don't speak. I know what you're thinking. And the caravan stops. Dasha gets out of the car first, motions to Loji. He's like, you wait here. Just wait. I'll be back. A few minutes go by. Dasha comes back, opens the car door for Luoji to get out. At which point, Luoji hears the undeniable sounds. The caravan has arrived at an airport. Two helicopters hover over them, facing in opposite directions for maximum security. That's the sound of an airport. Like, just ready to go. You know what I mean? In front of Luoji and Dasha, a massive jetliner. Except this is not like one of those nonstop JetBlue from LAX to JFK kind of jetliners. This looks more like Janet Airlines. Do you know those? No. Janet is the airline that operates out of McCarran International Airport in Las Vegas. Okay. And operates exclusively to service visitors and staff to and from Area 51. I love that. Yeah. Love that. Mm -hmm. Visitors. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's a tourist site now. No, like people who don't work there but have to go there. Got it. Yeah, like at the invite. Got it. Yeah. That's nice. It's just like a A normal size passenger plane. Love. White with a red stripe down the side. And that's it. I love that. No tail number, no branding otherwise. Nothing, just Janet. You know them when you see them. Janet. So there's a plane like that sitting on front of them outside of this caravan of fortified like security limousines. Our group of three walk up the air stair to go into the plane and Luoji notices the entire caravan had pulled into a circle around the aircraft to allow them to board safely. And I was just like, holy shit, like has the world broken out into like World War Z kind of like why are they what's going on at the airport basically is what i'm thinking or like in the city that things are so crazy that they're having to like encircle the planes on the tarmac right once inside the plane the crew was met by three literal here we go men in black (gasps) what they're escorted through what would normally be first class into the second cabin which would be instead of comfort plus in this plane is outfitted with a spacious office and has another adjoining suite with double doors that lead to a bedroom so like this plane is like custom like down you know like the big ones Mm -hmm. hopefully not the ones that just decide to turn their noses down randomly some plane huh (laughs) is what i wrote i want to know a few things who owns this plane are they the government are we on the private jet that tracks Elon Musk's 
whereabouts. Like, is it a billionaire? Has some, or like, Kylie super rich Jen- person stepped in? Right. Have you ever seen that series of the guy that photographs private planes? No. It's incredible. Is it, like, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? I don't know why he was hired to photograph these plane interiors. I There's a specific reason. But, like, they're, they're just, like, like, most of them are very dated. Oh. But also, like, extremely opulent does it give like trump's penthouse yes got it they all or like they all give kind of like saudi like oh like lots of money yes got it you're just like what the fuck none of them look appealing to me like they're all kind of just like yeah like how much money do you have that you get to have this bad of taste exactly (laughs) yeah but i don't know if that's like real fucking money yeah anyway okay so two of the men in black walk all the way to the back of the plane completely disappear through a door leaving the youngest little baby men in black to babysit our crew of three he's like sit anywhere you want just make sure you buckle up the whole time and i mean the whole time like even if you sleep buckle in the sleep belt anything not bolted down basically is a risk and Uh, this plane uh, may execute some special maneuvers so secure yourselves if you need to let us know we'll allow you to move around for any reason but just Please let us know if you decide you need to move places. Okay. If you need to talk to anyone, here's an intercom button. It lets you access anywhere on the plane. Okay. Dasha cuts his eyes, bombastic side eye, over to Luo G. And he's like, special maneuvers. And the man in black is like, yep. Let me know if you have any problems. My name is Chao Shang, and I'll bring you some dinner in just a little while. (laughs) He's just like chipper little baby, has everything to brew. God. He bops off and leaves. Our crew buckles in, and the plane takes off rapidly. And instead of ascending normally, this thing ascends at a nearly vertical angle. We're talking like nearly like a rocket launch. Luoji, Dasha, and Zhang are forced backwards into their seats from the crushing weight of G-Force. Okay. It was sunset when the plane took off, but as they climbed for a moment, the sun made his second reappearance through the windows. Has that ever happened to you on a plane? Yes. Where it's like night and then you're like, oh wait, not anymore. There it is. The book tells us here, it was the same sun which sent its final rays into the hospital room of Zhang Beihai's father, who had passed away just 10 minutes earlier. Oh. And while Luoji is on that plane, and that plane is getting close to the coast, and Zhang Beihai's father is breathing his last and final breath, Zhang Beihai is back at that construction base that we saw way back when, where they're constructing the Tang, the giant... Oh, the uh, warship. The warship. Yes. yes the yes, yes. space warship. And it's, like, massive, right? They're still like, working so on It's so big. It's the size of a fucking God. town. Will they finish it? Will they finish it? And he's looking over it with, remember, Wu Yuwei. Uh-huh. Remember their special little relationship where it feels like, okay, is this, like, romantic? I know. Yeah, they're, like, almost saying what they want to, but they always stop short. They, like, know each other really well. So well. So Zhang Beihai and Wu Yuwei are looking over at the unfinished spaceship, the mm-hmm. Tang, below. And, like, it's dark. It's it's huge, right? It's in this massive pit being constructed. And, like, yeah. there are some welders that are just, like, you see their welding I see machines, sparks like, fly. Sparking. Literally, sparks are flying yeah. between Zhang Beihai and Whenever you smile. And Zhang Beihai says that he's heard they want to end the Tang project altogether. Oh, wow. What a waste of money. <laughs> right? That feels also like something that's very decidedly, like, what the Americans would do. And Wu Yiwei is like, what's that have to do with us? Like, why are you even talking about that? And Zhang Beihai realizes that Wu Yiwei has been like a bit cold 
and aloof to him. Okay. He's like kind Have of insecure. Yeah, literally. Are you, Are you mad at me? Yeah. And Zhang Beihai is like, you've been in a bad mood ever since you joined the Space Force. Oh. Huh. Haven't you? And Wu Yiwei is like, don't act like you don't know why. Like, there are literally just, there's so much sexual tension. I I mean, fan myself. Right? He's like, you know why? And Jing Beihai's like, yeah, yeah, I fucking do. (laughs) Y'all didn't know this week was going to become fanfic, did you? (laughs) Jing Beihai's like, you're depressed. That you're joining an inevitably losing war. You're jealous that you're not the generation that will actually get to see the completion of this spaceship. But you're also upset that that generation that gets to fight in the Space Force will be buried in the cosmos with their fleet. An entire lifetime of development will end in a hopeless endeavor. And it's a hard pill that you can't swallow. Damn. Am I wrong? I mean, uh, facts. We can wound the people we love the most, the worst. To which Wu Yue says, so you got any advice? He literally said, and what? (laughs) Zheng Beihai says, I learned a long time ago that I can't change the way you think. (laughs) Lovers. Even joking. Lovers. Lovers. Oh my God. They are lovers. That's it. I learned a long time ago that I can't change the way you think. Yeah, wow. You're techno fetishism your triumphalism i think that's what it's called damn i think it's triumphalism dragon to Doesn't hell sound right maybe it's just triumphism but i wrote triumphalism fetishism yeah techno fetishism wow. literally we have the word fetish in this that is coming i mean literally apple's headset debuts just next year right it's coming it's coming. well and basically what he's saying and we'll you'll find out later but techno fetishism is like this idea that like you're only as strong as your technology yeah and like right. just being so fucking up technologies like butthole that acting like, like you need it to exist exactly yeah. like we're nothing without technology yeah. and like oh, i mean imagine tomorrow poof every iphone disappeared and the entire strategy is technology yeah i can't believe in anything except our technology so we're all techno fetishists today i guess so i mean literally yeah what would i do without the internet uh i'd read i'd definitely yeah. read oh i'd be fine well we wouldn't publish this podcast I'd but feel way less we'd validated. still talk about the book <laughs> where would i post my thirst traps right <laughs> um build normal self-esteem i think not imagine uh so he's like let me just take it sexy one more time he's like i learned a long time ago that i can't change the way you think your techno fetishism your triumphism funny thing about his cock he calls it triumphism (laughs) (laughs) they're just all so Deeply rooted. They're like nose to nose, and he's like whispering. He's like, it's just all so deeply rooted in who you are. Intention, you can cut it with a butter knife. But I can tell you something that I don't think you know. Oh, tease. I don't think you realize that it's not impossible for humanity to win this war. (laughs) (laughs) And he kind of bites his lip like that. Bites his lip. Mm -hmm. mm. We literally warms mm. as he his cold sort of like aloof expression warms yeah. as he meets Zhang Beihai's gaze. I wrote <laughs> his gaze like his group of <laughs> what were you about to say? Flaming homosexuals. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I wrote he, he, Wu Yue warms as he meets Zhang Beihai's gaze. 
his bulge throbbing beneath his pants. <laughs> like I said, you guys did not know you were getting fanfic this episode. <laughs> it's about time. That's how this this whole series has been so star- unsexual. Listen, Fifty Shades of Grey was Twilight fanfic. And I kind of feel like basically Cixin Liu must have gotten like some note from his editor or from like his book group uh-huh. after he wrote the first book, like after his writing workshop that they were like, first of all, I think Wang Miao is too likable and you should replace him with like a someone who's like more sexualized and less like neutered. Uh-huh. So like he killed Wang Miao and brought in Luo Ji. But didn't kill him. He just like replaced him with like a more him. sexual version of him. him. You know, like explicitly like the only difference between between Luo Ji is his area of expertise and the fact that he's a like it's an actual playboy yeah as a playboy yeah. and then it was they were also like also you should add in some sexual tension between your characters like th- this book the second book has literally 400 percent more than the first sex than the first yeah because the first had zero zero yeah there was literally not a single sex scene no and i don't think there's gonna be a sex scene in this entire series but we so far we just cut in like the moment immediately after. Right. Anyway. Like the moment after the shower. We'll see what the what what Wise and Benioff do with that. I mean, Game of Thrones was Hashtag nudity on Netflix. Gratuitously sexual. Yeah. Which I liked. Um so Wu Wei is looking at Zhang Beihai. Mm-hmm. Heart pounding because what's this he says? It's out of blood. It's not impossible for humanity to win this war. Yeah, go on. What are you saying? I mean Jingbei, you've you've doubted pretty much everything the Navy has ever done. Every single thing we've done, you've doubted. So where do you get your confidence? Thinking we'll win a space victory. You think you think a wooden boat can sink an aircraft carrier? Right. Jingbei Hai says, I see your point, but an aircraft carrier comes into port and meets a wooden boat, and you think there's no way that a wooden boat could beat an aircraft carrier. But in fact, there is a way because some skilled divers from that wooden boat jump off the ship and dive down underneath the aircraft carrier and attach a nuclear bomb to the hull of it and blows that thing to smithereens. You can't just simply look at the technology difference. You have to look at the human will. Wu Yuei says, I love your imagination. I love how you think. <laughs> You're like so right. Jing <laughs> Beihai is like, I've got confidence in sunshine. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. He's like, I've got confidence in our victory. And they look down at those sparks flying off the tang. And Wu Yuei looks at that ship as well and sees now not the ruin of a fortress, but a prehistoric cliff with sparks flickering firelight in the dark caves, just like their love. So now we're back on the plane with Luoji Dasha Zhang, the bag man, and the men in black. The bag man. Throughout all of takeoff and dinner, Luoji chose not to ask Dasha anything else about what was happening. He figured, like, okay, everything that's happening is fucking nuts. And if he were going to tell me anything about it, he would have done so by now. So I'm going to stop wasting energy on doing this. Luoji stands and opens a window to reveal a picture before them of complete blackness. Wherever they are, it is, like, nowhere near sunrise or another sunset. They are, like, true middle of the night. Dasha is like, 
kid, you're not going to see anything out there. Why don't you just sit and talk with me and then we can all go to sleep? He's like, sleep? Okay, so this is going to be a long flight. Is that right? And Dasha's like, fuck if I know. All I know is we're on a plane with free beds. Use them, dummy. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, what do you want, a Benny? Luigi seems almost kind of annoyed by... Dasha and it actually reminded me of like how Wang Miao used to be like mm. how they had this bromance but like Dasha really has the ability to just like get all the way the fuck under your skin where you're just like I have to get the fuck away from this person right. but I like him but god I can't stand him always and Luoji's kind of like you guys are only taking me to the destination right then I get to be with other people like promise like I heard you saying that that's the case and Dasha's like what are you complaining for? We're taking you, but then we have to turn around and make this flight again as soon as we drop you off. Oh. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, your journey's gonna continue as soon as you get there. We have to make this flight twice. Like, what are you complaining about? He tells Luo, he's like, buddy, listen. And he, like, calls him all these different names yeah. already. Like, sometimes, like, old chap when he's super serious right. or, like, buddy when he's trying to be friendly. And but all Luoji's aware of that. So he's, like, is this guy, like, using this as a tactic kind right. of thing? I don't know. He, the guy thinks too much. Totally. Dasha's like, listen, I don't know much more about what's going on here than you do. Plus, it's not time for me to tell you anything that I haven't told you already because it doesn't apply yet. Once we get to the handoff, somebody there can fill you in on what's going on. Just, like, calm the fuck down because you're getting on my nerves. Luoji's like, fine. But in the meantime, I think I figured it out. Tell me if I'm right. The woman who died outside of the hotel, she was ordinary. So she's not special. But I'm guessing (laughs) that her family connections are what are special. Oh, no. And Dasha's like, wait. Are you talking about your no-name ex again? You didn't know her name. You clearly didn't care about her. Forget about her. I don't want to hear about her anymore. This is what Dasha says. Dasha says that to him. And then he's like, Luoji, my pal, old buddy, can you bluff? Of course. He's like, uh, yeah. Why? Do I need to? Do I need to be bluffing against somebody right now? Dasha's like, fuck, yeah, you do. Let me teach you some techniques. Okay. So then we get a quick little sort of like introductory lesson into the Dasha school School of lying, of bluffing, bluffing. And he teaches him basically three techniques that he uses when he's trying to either like break a scam or like expose a fraudster or like a network. Because remember, Dasha used to be very effective in his line as a police officer at finding like criminal networks, rooting them out and then like stamping them out, basically. So he teaches three techniques. The first, the gentle list version simply called the list basically what you do is you draw up a whole list of questions about a case and then you ask them in rapid succession over and over and over and over again and each time you ask them you record the person's answer ultimately you compare all the transcripts together to see what doesn't line up to find your misinformation or find your liar or find your fraud that way the most effective way to beat this tactic shut the fuck up Mm. Tactic number two, a half gentle technique. This one's called black and white. Lots of people have to be cooperating for this to work. First, it's bad cops. They make you feel like you're alone, however they can do it. Physical abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse. They will employ anything they can to make you feel like the tiniest little remote island that exists relative to no one. Then, when they've broken you into pieces, the good cops come in. They're all like, you've got rights, man. That's so fucked up. Oh my god, why are you bleeding? I'm so sorry they did this to you, bro. How could this have happened? Then they really try to become your friend. The bad cops come back, tell the good cops to fuck off. The good cop pretends to really argue 
with the bad cop, acting like they're trying to protect you. They put themselves up as a shield, and then the bad cop leaves, leaving you with the good cop alone in the interrogation room. The good cop wipes your blood, they get you back up off the floor, and in that moment is when the deed is done. As soon as you feel safe enough to open up to the good cop, it's over. This works best on intellectuals, by the way. And Dasha is like, but now that you're aware of it, it won't be effective on you. It's literally just like emotional manipulation. That's all it takes. And it's the most effective on intellectuals. Interesting. Maybe because I guess the caricature of an intellectual is that they're like emotionally illiterate, maybe. Mm. So if you like really give them abuse, but then you really show them the opposite side of abuse in just as high a frequency of right. like love and caring and like, oh my God, let me put you back together. They're like, I'll tell you what you want to know. Or like, right, you know, right. Intellectuals are weak. <laughs> basically, I guess that's like kind of the point that they're making by saying that this is like. You may be smart. An effective technique, but emotionally. No mama. Okay. But by this point, any kind of freak out that Luoji's had up until now pales in comparison. Because this man is like nearly coming out of his skin, freaking out. The book here, so I wrote this down. The book here says he's, quote, seized by dread and despair. <laughs> Lol. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he's just like, wait, what the fuck? I'm about to be interrogated like this? By who? I don't want to get punched. I don't want to get like beat up and like picked up off the floor. So Dasha is trying to calm him down. And he's like, don't think about interrogation right now. It's not going to help you. Besides, I was going to teach you how to trick people anyway. I was going to see how well you can bluff. Like, God, we're getting derailed. We always do this. You freak out about everything. He's like, one thing you got to remember, kid. Real trickery doesn't betray that it's trickery. He's like, Luoji, you got to let them look down on you. Let them discredit you. The more they feel like they can do that, the less they're going to feel like you're an obstacle. And the less attention from them, it's going to get you. I want you to be like a broom in a corner. Luoji's like, am I going to need this skill Where that am I you're going? trying to give me? Like, who am I about to be interrogated by? Right. And like, for what? I don't even know what it is that I know that somebody would want to interrogate me Right. About. I have no idea. Dasha's like, Luoji, I know a lot more than you do. But trust me, you will have to become this person. And then Dasha claps him so hard on the shoulder it makes him wince in pain. And I'm like, man, let no one say that Dasha is not the biggest fucking cheerleader. He really is. You know? And Dasha finally is like, all right, fuck it. I'm tired of talking. Let's sleep. And that's it? In the bedroom. <laughs> Luoji takes off his bulletproof vest. He begins to, you know, strap himself down to the bed. Dasha, in full Mother Goose mode, comes in, tells Luoji to take some sleeping pills if he can't sleep. And then Luoji's like, I realized something. Earlier when I said the woman, when I was like, that woman who died, you had no idea who I was talking about, even though I thought I was clearly talking about my ex. That tells me she's actually not at all important in whatever is happening. Because you remember initially he was like, oh, she's not important, but her family must be important. Right. He's like, you didn't even know who I was talking about. She's actually not even a factor. In what we're doing. I think I'm not afraid for my life anymore. I think yeah. I'm not going to be tried for murder. Yeah. Dasha's like, damn, you have got to be one of the calmest people I think I've ever met. And Luoji's like, eh, I'm not really calm. More of a cynic, really. <laughs> Dasha's like, listen, I'm sorry about all the stuff that I said to you earlier. I'm afraid I got your imagination going. I'm really sorry for that. I'd like, forget everything. I was sent 
to spend time with you. What? And make sure you adjust. Like, to I'm what? just talking shit. Right, right. Forget everything that we were talking about. You're fine. You're safe. Luoji's like, it's fine. You're just trying to keep me occupied so you can complete your mission successfully and smoothly. And, like, I get it. What should I think about now, though? Dasha's like, kid, as soon as you start thinking, there is the chance that it's going to go off the rails. You want to not worry about thinking? Sleep. Go to sleep. Dasha left Luoji alone in the bedroom, and the noise of the plane to Luoji almost sounded like illusory. Like he knows he's in a plane, but everything up until this point is so like uncanny valley surreal. He's like, I'm in a plane, but it's like I'm in a private fucking mansion right. that's flying. Love. This noise is so loud. It feels like it's coming not from the plane, but from like the background noise of the universe or maybe like some other big source that's not the plane. So he's like, what the fuck? He lifts up the window and he stares out and he sees the uncanny gaze. The gaze? The gay. You mean the flaming homosexuals? Luoji started to feel the gaze of the uncanny valley staring back into him. It was almost like the noise really was maybe coming from something that wasn't the plane. Mm. So Luoji lifted the window visor to peer out into the night sky and high above the clouds, past the bright silvery moon, were other things. Mm. Shiny things. Okay. Silver things. No. Four perfectly straight lines. What? Against the pitch black night sky. No. The speed of these things seemed to be matching the plane. No. Luoji looked closer and saw that whatever these lines were, they were being towed by something in front of each of them. Luoji looked closer and saw four fighter jets on either side of the plane. Oh. Luoji didn't know what was happening. But he knew it was fucking weird. He closed his window shade, now apparently expected to sleep somehow. But all he could think about instead was how he desperately needed to find a way to wake up from the dream that he was currently inside. Zam. Zam. Okay, you've made it to the final part of today's episode. I didn't know if we'd make it. It's about to begin. Let's go. Remember Zhang Beihai? <laughs> yes. Who was just... Uh, with the dead dad? Yes, and also... That's insensitive. With the, with the father who just passed away? And Yes, and also a big throbbing hard-on for Wu Yuei. Oof. Well, Zhang Beihai is now at the Space Force headquarters okay. with Commander Chang Wei-Si. Newly promoted Chang Wei-Si. Correct. And they're about to basically do a little, like check-in update with all of the people that are working in the Space Force. Mm -hmm. And Jing Beihai says, Commander Chang, if I could just say something before I give my report. Uh -huh. As political commissar, right. I feel that the military leadership on the Space Force is not paying sufficient attention to political and ideological work among the force. Period. And the political department is the last of six well-established departments to present its report. Mm. And this is a major problem. Chang is like, I agree. You know, the political commissars have not yet reported for duty, so it's fallen on me to oversee a lot of the political work. Mm. But now that we've begun working, it's difficult to give it attention and we are having to rely on you and others for the specifics. Mm. Jing Beihai is like, Commander, in my opinion, the greatest danger that we are facing at the Space Force is defeatism. I mean, yeah. He's like, its threat can really not be overstated. It doesn't matter, like, our technological advancement, our strategy. What matters is that if people think we cannot win, it will erode morale and it will lead to a total collapse of space-based 
military power. That's true. And Commander Chang agrees. He says, I agree. It is definitely our greatest enemy, and it is why political and ideological work is critical. Jing Beihai flips open his notebook and begins to read his report. He says, since the establishment of the Space Force, the primary focus in political and ideological work has been to survey ideological status of the workers. Okay. He says, what I found is there's a lot of defeatist thinking, and it's spreading among the troops. There's terror towards the enemy and a lack of confidence in the future war. He says the source of defeatism primarily stems from the worship of technology and an underestimation of the human initiative and the human spirit in war. Mm. He basically goes on to define techno-triumphism, where weapons decide everything, right? This theory that has cropped up in the recent years, especially in highly educated officers, that we're only as strong as our latest technology. Techno or not techno fashion techno fetishism takes the military yes, exactly. and becomes techno triumphism. triumphism he says defeatism is taking three forms number one treating your duty in the space force as an ordinary job mm. where you just show up clock in clock out no enthusiasm just kind of doubting in the significance of one's own work mm -hmm. and just doing your job that's the first form of defeatism i'm seeing number two passive waiting where people are just merely satisfied by the establishment of this branch and believe that the outcome of the war depends on someone else Mm. You know, it depends on the scientists, the yep. engineers coming up with these pipe dream innovations. It's like, my job is already done. I'm here. It's been created. Now yep. I just wait. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And number three is harboring unrealistic fantasies. Soldiers have expressed a desire for hibernating technology that allows them to sleep for four centuries and partake in the future space war doomsday battle. Dasha is supposed to be hibernating right now. Is According, he? Remember, that's what the, the, the young guy who was only called Zhang because they had to give him legally a SAG name. Oh, yeah. Was like, shouldn't you be thinking about your illness? You're supposed to be oh, hibernating right. right now. Oh, right. So people are hoping that, like, there's going to be some hibernation technology so that they can become part of the war in 400 years and basically think that, like, if they're not there to, like, be a part of the war, then they're not a part of the war and their role doesn't matter. Yeah. Zhang Beihai also goes on to say that, like, the opposite of, of this, but, like, in the same vein, is these doubts about the dignity of the soldier and basically like if no one is there to see the soldier win then fighting to the end has no meaning and right. there's this belief that a soldier's dignity only exists when someone is there to see it when there's an audience exactly Ooh, like a new kind of observer effect yeah and then he says i'll give you a specific example my dear friend Colonel Wu Yuei, this guy that he's just been spending the last several weeks looking over the construction of the Tang with, yep. staring into his eyes, reading his mind, he's actually been observing him for this report. Oh. And he points to Wu Yuei, who's seated at the conference Gag. table, and Wu Yuei just stares back at him calmly. Face cracked. Sexually, maybe. Shang Beihai says, Wu Yuei and I have worked in the Navy together a long time. In the Navy. We can sail the seven seas hey. in the Navy. Hey, sailor. He says, when Wu Yuei first heard about the tri-solar crisis, he lost all confidence in the future. And when he joined the Space Force, his despair became only more pronounced. He believes that the military is only as powerful as its technology. And his defeatist sentiment is so heavy, we have no choice but to pull him out of the Space Force. Oh! I mean, that's like Game 
of Thrones level. Right? I was like, like succession okay. level. That's beautiful. Drama. The way that like yeah. they built up all of this sexual tension and that's like crazy. sense of like alliance and friendship and love yeah. only to have him basically actually be generating his political and ideological report and to like essentially oust him from the project. I don't trust nobody and nobody trusts me. <sighs> Jing Beihai is like, we have to take action to arrest the spread of defeatism. And wow. therefore, I believe Comrade Wu Yuei is no longer suitable for the Space Force. He says, we need a zero tolerance approach. Mic drop. Damn. All eyes are on Wu Yuei to see how he's going to react, right? Like he's literally being ousted in front yeah. of everyone as like the first example uh, yeah. of someone with defeatist, toxic said, mentality. Wu Yuei, sashay away. away. As it has written, so it shall be done. Wu Yuei just stares at the Space Force emblem on his hat that's sitting on the table. Still calm as before, not at all riled up by Zhang Beihai's sort of presentation. Better man than me. Everyone waits with bated breath. And then Wu Yuei raises his hand to speak and he says, Zhang Beihai is absolutely right. I accept his conclusion. I am no longer fit for the Space Force oh. and I respect whatever the organization arranges. Wow. It's so fucking tense. People are like starting to like chirp in and be like, okay, well, if you're going to say all this, then it like has to go through the chain of command with like formal written report. Like yeah, you can't yeah, just yeah. Like, whole try thing. to oust someone like verbally and then like them be ousted. Like right. there's got to be protocols. Yeah. And Commander Chang is like, okay, 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 everyone calm down. Zhang Beihai is right. Mm -hmm. And I commend him for his bravery, his passion, and the urgency with which he has brought this to our attention. Okay. It is urgent. That said, we will go about dealing with this per protocol and submit the necessary paperwork. Okay. And after that, Zhang Beihai didn't mention any other names. And then I'm like, I wonder, is it because he doesn't have them or because he's He specifically like... wanted you way out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. And that is the end I mean, of that section. Zhang Bei Hai is kind of giving like it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. Totally. I'm like, I don't know whether I trust that's you or like not. My, like, you're right, but like, also, do I trust that's you? That's like my fifth or sixth Taylor Swift reference in this episode. I've been wondering if you're going to like catch them. No, I never will. No, I get it. I do, but I refuse to. No, I get it. I, I hear them, but you know. No, I heard you say that. Okay. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is we're really seeing this theme from the beginning mm -hmm. of trickery and deceit yeah. and, and not showing your cards and we're seeing this like on the human level like you know that book that uh the sofan reads and it's like describing the most advanced forms of you know human strategy mm -hmm. when it comes to war and like we're seeing it we're seeing it within this military unit right like the way in which people are all moving their chess pieces everybody's sus of everybody sus as heck i don't know who to trust honestly and the category is trust no one yeah Trust thyself. That's right. Because if you can't trust yourself, how in the hell are you going to trust somebody else? <laughs> no, the RuPaul references have got me getting me all all day. Taylor Swift, not so much. Yeah, not so much. Um, But yeah, that is the conclusion of episode four. You made it. Next week, we got more. And I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe you. I am excited. <laughs> I am. I am. I am. I'm tired. <laughs>
No, I'm excited. I got to pack. You have to pack, and you're like three hours away from a flight to Greece. We should have opened with that. That's right, everybody. I'm glad you made the choice to have to have a cram packing session so that I could see you and we could do this. I know. I'm just going to stay up all night. Yeah. Well, okay. Promise me that you will be posting photos on social media. Of? Allie takes (laughs) Greece. Okay. You can use Radar Peak if you want to. Oh, my God. I'm honored. If you have not yet gotten your merch, our shop is officially live. You can find everything we have. We have a long sleeve t-shirt. It's wonderful. We have a dad cap. It's spectacular. Brings out the dad and everybody. And we've got stickers. I was like, yes, those. (laughs) (laughs) So go check them out. Yeah, get all your stuff. We'll have new drops, you know semi when we do yeah when we do okay when you buy everything that we already have exactly so hurry it up period love anyway you. thanks for coming this week it's always great to be here with you ali we love you guys our sofans or our peekaboos we don't know what you whatever guys... we decide to call you no whatever you decide, decide to, to call, call yourself self-identify anyway, anyway uh that's all i have i'm brett i'm ali and i'm done saying words bye, bye. You're listening to Season 2 of Radar Peak, a three-body podcast. Subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For exclusive content we might not have had time for, subscribe to the Patreon. Oh, one last thing before you go. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a review and tell a friend about us. Join the conversation when you follow us on social media at Radar Peak Pod. See you there.